Citizens of the Verse, today is December 12th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen pod. Well, <laughs> we're a Star Citizen podcast <laughs> here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. <laughs> we try to be weekly. <laughs> I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co host, our stalwart, Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello, stalwart. <laughs> And I feel particularly stalwart today. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I don't get too stalwart, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I've had uh, a one stalwart, but I've never had a two stalwart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by frequent collaborator uh, Canuck. Welcome back, Canuck. Well, hello there. How is everybody doing today? Doing all right. Um, so, uh, We've got a few things to talk about. It hasn't been a... I mean, it's funny. I feel like there's a lot of information going around, but not a lot of information. But uh, for starters, what have you guys been up to in the verse this past week? Kanak, have you been doing anything in Star Citizen? Uh, yeah, I've been in quite a bit. I kind of trickled off in 320 a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm I'm generally in every patch. Like I've always said, I don't want to break the streak. So since mm. 1.0, I've been in. Uh, but uh, I will admit that in 320, I was kind of dabbling more with Starfield and Corn and Exiles. But uh, 321, there was some stuff in there that was interesting. So I jumped back in and IEE, I, well, that was a couple, well, no, I just finished, I guess, last week. And um, I'm a big fan of the IEE. I like just mm. trying out the different ships and everything. And uh, so I've been playing the heck out of it. Like I've been doing probably, I want to say probably two, two and a half hours a night steady for like... 10 days oh wow it's two weeks yeah i uh i've been trying a lot of different i've been for sciencing the heck out of everything which i almost i I don't know last week and the week before there were some uh you're dropping some x uh, some f-bombs here so i don't know if we've we've ducked this or not but i'm going to keep it clean today (laughs) um but i've been i've been uh i've been playing quite a bit i've been doing a lot of a lot of things so and uh, in, 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 because of that, I thought, hey, it'd be kind of fun to come on and share some some different tips and tricks and some for sciences and all the good stuff. I may need to go back and mark that last episode as explicit because I forgot to cut that F-bomb out. And and quite frankly, on the mobile app for this, it doesn't have the option to choose. When I oh, dropped the F-bomb? Mm-hmm. No, two weeks ago. Uh, two episodes ago, Geeky dropped one too. I did. You did. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh yes, you did. <laughs> when? I'm. I'm. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't looking at the timestamp. I. I was. I almost crashed my car. Well, I curse like a sailor normally, so. Ah, uh, there you Somebody go. Could attest in person, right? Well, maybe not yes. as a sailor, but so there you go. To all our avid listeners, go back two episodes and see if you can find the timestamp and. Uh, Send it into Geeky so he can find it. It's like I mean, I'll just mark them both as explicit. It's like Illuminalia kind of. <laughs> but if anyone finds it, you know, props. If you yes. have the timestamp. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. No, it's, I'd rather go mark them as explicit because I'm sure I'm <laughs> violating some rule by accident. I'm like, uh, Spotify for podcasters. I'm like going on the site now. Um, what about you, Seaguard? What have you been up to? I have, uh, I did quite a bit of like uh, interaction with the whole sea. Um, I really 
you know, I ran into some problems technically with it, give me some issues. So I went in and kind of worked with that, trying to isolate what's really going on with it. And then, um, and then I did some racing and, uh, you know, we did some racing the other day, group of us. And then I've been kind of doing a little bit of practicing and, um, even picked up a 350R because I, I wanted to feel the, like the difference between my, my other racer. I wanted to kind of feel how it felt and uh, I kind of enjoyed it. So doing a little bit of that. So, alrighty. I myself, unfortunately, uh, have not been a good boy in terms of playing the game. Um, more around it's, it's Geeky's, uh, busy time at work so you know it's it's a little tough yeah um like it's it, and actually if it's anything it's a good sign that maybe the job market's picking up because geeky's pretty busy uh, I guess um, probably the busiest i've been i That's wish good. all right those episodes are both marked explicit <laughs> all right now is that sorry just to kind of delve is you being busy demonstrative that there's a need in the workforce, therefore everybody's got an uptick? Or does it just mean that? Yeah, I mean, if I'm busy, then if if companies are paying me to find talent, then then they need talent. People. They need people. And, you know, granted, one of our clients has us on a retainer, and I'm on like three of their searches, but still. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm seeing an uptick in general, and everything my clients are telling me is is Q1 is going to be a better quarter. So there you go. Even on, so, on our Star Citizen Park podcast, you've got the pulse. There's hope. The American economy right there. There's hope. We'll see. Something can happen. Hey, also, just to tell you, I'm the other pulse, and I'm an employee. <laughs> so it's my son. <laughs> so, well, well, we're not talking about losers. No. <laughs> that's right. Oh, no. I, I would agree with you. My son I'm is a loser. Just no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Is that what that's you're right. saying? That's right. Ironically, exactly. I have two project manager searches, but they're they're in New York. Every yeah, and that's where I'm getting a lot of calls for New York. I got one. Would I be able to commute, commute five days a week to Seattle, Washington? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I uh, let me I just plug in the, t- the transporter. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. most I've ever had at one time. By the way, that's yeah. Well, I usually recruit product and and product design versus project, but. I'll, I'll usually get like one every couple of months. You know, you know, for a good portion of this podcast since the uh, since it was conceived, I have uh, been unemployed. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's Why do you think he's so dependable, folks? <laughs> this is the most exciting thing he's done all week. <laughs> it is. Uh, yes, I clipped my toenails. That was pretty exciting. Oh, it's dangerous when those things shatter off. Oh, mine. <laughs> I mean, I'm only forty, and mine are. Mine are rough. Yes. Uh, and my dad's. <laughs> okay. I'm the only one comfortable enough to clip my dad's. And oh. <laughs> All right. We're taking a dark turn here. Yeah. Yes, we did. Oh, I'm glad anyway. I could make that, instigate that turn. There we go. Um, so uh, why don't we talk about what's been going on in the past week of content? Uh, first and foremost, ISC last week was on all things structural salvage. Um, 
the original prototypes that we saw a few months ago were actually very poor on performance uh, for servers. So ultimately, they needed to find a better solution, at least in order to get out the second iteration of Salvage before the end of the year. Uh, so they showed, uh, showed us uh, what fracturing the hull of a ship looked like. And for those who aren't shocked, it is a little bit more of the old beam citizen. Um, they showed it on both the Vulture and the Reclaimer. And at least as of right now, which some people are super disappointed about, the claw on the Reclaimer has become a glorified beam emitter. Um, now, in order to break apart ships after scraping their hull, the target ship does need its shields and power off. And then once you've fractured the ships into small, smaller, more manageable chunks, you can tractor beam them in front of the front of your ship and disintegrate them. Right now, it's really just a hold, wait for it to disintegrate, and then, you know, absorb. They did uh, talk about, um, they also talked about internal storage in the ships, reducing the amount of time that you actually need to go down to the cargo hold in order to move boxes, particularly for the Vulture. Um, and, you know, this is what they wanted to do for the time being, right? So we don't know how it might change in the future, but they did say, since Maelstrom's not in the game yet and physical damage isn't in the game yet, they can't do anything really more complicated with salvage until then. And when that does come out, they'll investigate ways to make it more engaging, raise the skill bar and make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but what'd you guys think? Can I, did you check out that episode? Yeah. And, um, you know, as you say, your the last episode didn't age very well. Um, for the, uh, citizen cast because at the end you guys were uh waxing philosophical about the uh about the potential salvage upcoming mm-hmm. but i mean listen we've kind of known this is not a surprise again very much like the last time i was on there was we kind of semi disappointing but not really a surprise because remember when they kind of oh i don't remember what patch medical came in mm-hmm. but they kind of had to go with beams for medical because they realized that their physical interactions weren't going to work as mm-hmm. well as they are with the, at least with the current engine or with the current implementation of it so then we had medical beams so people wanted oh i want to be able to like touch and grab and stuff and they realized that it just doesn't work very well mm-hmm. and i think that same limitation is still there for example for the reclaimer claw mm-hmm. where it's that that physical interaction with an object is just not something that is going to currently work with the current things. So they kind of had to, you know, cut their losses. The The problem is, is they go back to, like you said, another beam. Um, but the implementation, like, I mean, the graphics I'm not in love with. Mm. Um, although, you know, the kind of whole, you get a sense, you know, you lose the munching. But you do kind of still get that whole kind of vibrating a piece of, you know, maybe yeah. it catches a certain frequency. And I think that might become something where your next iteration, just as you need your frequencies for mining, because currently the, the salvage, I don't PTU, but I've been watching some stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of switch a button and the thing does its thing. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if very much they kind of maybe ported some of the things from the hand gadgets for mining where you have to match your frequencies. And mm-hmm. then as they get 
further into the development with different armors or even because they were talking about wanting different components and different metal mm-hmm. compositions for sip well now if you kind of you can tweak that and and kind of set up a kind of system where you have to match your frequencies so it vibrates at a certain frequency and stuff so you yeah. don't get feedback loops uh, the other silver lining in all of this is it's at least another loop it's progress it's yeah. something people can do and i think most importantly and i think people can't shouldn't overlook this is it gives an opportunity for meaningful crew play yeah because you can you know you can have somebody towing in something a wreck you can have somebody running the reclaimer you can have somebody tractor beaming different parts in front you can have people doing multiple roles both on the ship and outside of the ship mm-hmm. and and just playing together having fun yeah which is which is the point that that's the whole point right there is mm-hmm. can you get five people together and spend a couple hours doing something that's engaging more or less it'll become more engaging for certain things but at least people are having fun and and, and enjoying themselves yeah 100%. so that's my take on the current salvage how about you seaguard yeah i uh, i actually i kind of like um the way they came out with the beam i mean yeah the claw was cool no doubt about it um but i I actually kind of see some opportunities. Number one, I just, I like the format. I like the idea you have to kind of break it up like mining. You have to break up a rock and then you can kind of, you know, further break it up and then ingest it or, you know, dissolve it. Right. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a little bit more danger in there. Right. Like if you're overcharge it, you lose at least the material or maybe take some damage to the ship or something like that. Um, as you do in salvage, or you have in mining, right? I think mean, that's kind of a balance there. Um, but I also kind of see the opportunity um, with the reclaimer in particular. It has that huge um, grinding section right behind the kind of like where the controls are, where mm. you have the guns and everything. I mean, I would love to see that recycled, that area recycled into like a small hangar. Or something like that. I mean, that to me would be really, really cool. Um, so I, I like it. I understand why they did it. I kind of understand why there's some people that are a little disappointed with the the claw. Um, but but I think uh, there's some opportunities there, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think. I think part of the push to get this out sooner is they want a better way to clean up ships mm-hmm. quick, quickly, right? While we have all the, these junker ships around, right? Right. Because that's probably taxing on the servers. Uh, you know, granted the, the, the one downside is we probably don't have, you know, beacons that come up based on, Hey, there, there's a ship that's been here. That's unoccupied or whatever, or destroyed. Um, but you know, on the plus side, I think that's one thing. And also, I just think there's a lot of room for improvement. Like ultimately they could start adding in cutting, you know, we don't have fuel siphoning yet, but that's something that they'll need to add because I would imagine you're going to have to take the fuel out beforehand. 
Um, you know, you'll probably have to remove the power plant or else you risk explosion, you know, right. things like that, that might be, right. we're also, also not at a point now where, you know, right now you see a ship, no one's occupying it. It could be a completely fine ship. We'll salvage it, right? Because you're salvaging a, a, a ship, but someday a ship that is, you know, um, disabled might not, you might not want to salvage it with a reclaimer. You might want to tow it as you, as you mentioned, Canuck, um, and repair it and it'll be worth more, you know, it'll be easier yeah. to sell it that way. So we're just not there yet. I think this is a baby step towards something grander. I mean, look at how, look at how mining developed and it's gotten very complex and it's going to get even more complex as we add larger vessels into the ship and larger asteroids and more mineral types and an actual economy. Mm-hmm. So the, um, yeah, the good point is like there are some good questions in there. Like your, for example, the, the point you make about the fuel siphoning. Um, currently, the implementation is just vibrate the ship to disintegrate it and, and vacuum it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, if if there's fuel in there, is it a factor? Um, yeah. Again, they can't go with a system that is too limiting. Yeah. Uh, because then you you know if you don't if you got the guy cruising around in the, in in the solo vulture and you have no way to siphon fuel, then that person essentially can only scrape hulls. Yeah. And then we do have the limitation, for example, of like you know pulling a power plant. I think I can't remember which ISC or which what I was listening to. I think they've pretty much come to the conclusion that anything bigger than a size two, you won't be able to manipulate. Yeah. They're going to go with so the then how do you stuff. disable the power plant? So that's so the thing. So maybe you're going to have to go in and, and maybe because it'll be accessible, there'll be like a securing certain components in the ship so that it doesn't blow up if you do it haphazardly mm. where, so you can't pull the, you can't pull the size three or four or five or whatever, but yeah. you'd have to go in EVA to it or something. Remove a power core or something. Yeah. Something like that. Just so to make sure that nothing goes kablooey. And then there's also like the idea I was thinking of is, is like maybe a vulture owner can't blow up bigger, bigger ships, but perhaps uh, with the vulture, but perhaps they could go in with charges and blow it. Yeah, perhaps maybe a, a group of vultures, you know, with a with a cargo ship can go in with some charges, set them in the right spots inside the ship or outside the ship, and blow it. Sort sort of shipbreaker style, potentially, yeah. But as it is right now, for example, is knowing that we're going to have subcomponents and the bigger components mm. and relays and stuff, um, that's conceivable to have in relatively, and everything when we say when we say short order, relatively, you know, star citizen development short order. Yeah. Um, without having to implement completely new mechanics. Like I said, you can take certain things and kind of massage them a little bit and they become something new but familiar enough that it's not uh, alienating to players to mm. perhaps play in a couple of different roles. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, like you said, it's a first start. And I think they do understand that they've got to start getting some stuff out. Yeah. And um, it's a start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. Year twelve. It's a start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a cynical, or I'm an optimist with with a dash of cynicism. I can't say I'm a cynical optimist. I'm an optimist with a sprinkle of cynicism. I'm not super cynical because I'm like, you know what? There's too many unknowns for us, even as as quote unquote open as they are. There are too many things behind the scenes. 
And yeah. they've only just gotten better at kind of like even saying some of the stuff like, hey, you didn't see how many people we lost from our ship team, which caused the reason like the Banu Merchant Man would have been finished if these three guys didn't leave. Or, yeah. you know, like that is institutional knowledge. Now, granted, yeah. just like any employee, I'd sit there and go, well, it was your job to retain them and you didn't. So, uh, yeah, but, it doesn't do anything for the rumor that they're not paying their people exactly uh, well. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I, I sit there and I go, well, it's something like, like you said, it's a start. Um, you know, we, we actually had uh, a question about this in one of my questions way back when I said, you know, would we go for, would we rather see interim systems put in place and have the game mature over time, but get more gameplay now? Um, yeah, or faster, right? Like, um, yeah. And I, you know, I see the value of what they're doing now quite a bit. Um, like, you know, to me, all the detail is great, but the bigger question around things like, and it's it'll be tied to the question today I have is time, right? Right now, it's relatively easy to go out there and find a wreck, mm. right? It's there, you know, you can go out at any given time and find a wreck. I mean, you could but, go to you could go to a landing like a landing area on a moon and find a bunch of ships to yeah. To, so to it's claim. a very it's really easy to make a lot of money right now with salvage, right? And if you make it so complex, then it's going to take a long time or an exceptional amount of people to actually to salvage well. Um, and you know, I look at I look at like tr- um, long haul, you know, transporting right now. It can't even compete with mining and salvage. I mean, they just, they can go out, even on the ground, you can salvage and make more, or you can uh, mine and make more money than you can transporting. So whatever they do, they have to come up with a way that's reasonably fun um, and then also make it reasonably profitable not yeah. so profitable that you don't want to you don't want to mine or salvage anything except for the very best. Right? Yeah, but we're yeah. years away from that. Like, or not, well, I don't want to say years. I don't. We're a long ways away from that because until they figured out, like, until you figure out essentially the scaling of your economy, um, you know, if they kind of go with really high prices, then you need to make enough money. And and it's a discussion we had, I think, a few years ago where, you know, how much should somebody make roughly Mm. in an hour? Well, I mean, so long as you're paying, you know, five UEC for a hot dog, 1700 UEC for a jacket and 50 UEC for a missile. um, Right now, uh, salvaging is the moneymaker. Like if you want to you know, hey, geez, I really like to grind some money out. I don't like using the word grind. I really want to make some money quickly so that I can buy like right. a new ship. Right. Go salvage for like five, six days, and you'll have eight or nine million AUEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on purpose because they want people to test that mechanic. And, and, and I agree with that. And it's like when Quantanium came out, it was just crazy. Yeah. valuable I mean, and we did it all the time too. We, yeah, that's all anybody might. Quantanium, mind. like it was crazy. But at this rate, you'll never get to research. You'll never get to transportation. You'll never get to exploration, pathfinding. You know, you won't get there um, because you're taking too long to make something 
um, you're making levels four and five in capability for one or two skill sets, career modes, but nothing for the others. And I would much rather see the patterns, you know, um, like they, you know, we look rather have all tier zeros or tier ones of all the professions than, than or, yeah. Or I'd like placeholders for all of them. Yeah. As you flesh out each one in depth. Right. And so like, we know that like right now, just like mining, and I've said this for a while, they have a pattern that works great for mining. You find it, you find out what's on it, you find you make a decision whether you're gonna you're gonna mine it or not, then you expend effort to attempt to break it. You could take some damage during that process, um, or even die, and then you crack it, then you crack it again, and then you you know, suck it up and then you fly back and you refine it. Um, the same could be done with salvage. Same thing could be done for exploration. You're right. But the thing is, is because they've decided to develop mining a little bit more, they can look mm-hmm. at some of those mechanics that you're talking about in mining that are already implemented and say, okay, how can we port some of these mechanics without just making it like salvage is just mining ships instead of asteroids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you unique. go too many, if you go too many tier zeros, then you're just reinventing the wheel all the time. Yeah. So as much as it might slow down, what it is is now there's going to be com- people coming back from Squadron Forty Two as well. They might be mostly artists for all we know, but the point being is, you know, they're going to come out with markers. Once they can have markers, once you can have nav markers, and a map that doesn't, you know, infuriate people. <laughs> Yeah. I think then you're going to get, at least you're going to get your organic exploration. People are just going to start you finding know, wrecks. points and finding wrecks. And yeah. Remember, remember, I, I was on a big kick for a year, uh, oh, probably a whole six months straight, a year, looking for harvestables, rare harvestables. It was the last time you heard anybody going looking for Heart of the Wood. and, and uh, Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's It's still out there. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, I don't know. Has yeah. anybody gone looking for it? Yeah, I, I, well, I find it, but you're, you're right. No one goes looking for it. No, because the because what happened was they kind of tried to do too much, too many harvestables that weren't working properly with their, and then I forget which one I it was. I, yeah, I but get it was what you're it saying. was it was spawning below the ground surface, mm-hmm. so nobody could find it. So everybody kind of gotcha. like, well, this is no more. And it's it's an alpha. It really is an alpha. I know that's a tired excuse. Yeah, but we're just trying. Actually, stuff. I I think that's still a good. I think it's still yeah. the truth. And uh, yeah, yeah. I just I you know I I I wonder how this is until it's built. You can either chicken before the egg, right? You can either design the economy and then build the skills. We already know the skills that will be in it. We're going to design how how much they're going to work, how they're going to work. Or you can design how they're going to work and then build the economy based on that. But I think they're actually separate things, right? I think we could look at modern world and go, what are the top 100 minerals, right? And turn all their names to, you know, one to 100 and then build a comparable value set and assign it to the 100 that are in the game. Well, that's a good. Uh, whether it's dollars or UEC, it, it doesn't matter, right? You would just yeah. convert it to UEC. So, you know, you, you would have a replicable, you know, s- setup, right? 
Um, so if it's a strong economy, that's great. If it's a poor economy, you would just, you know, everything would be a little bit weaker. But at the risk of kind of, ah, we're just talking, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If you think about it, like it could be your question of the week, for example, is should all professions be essentially treated equally in their potential for making money? Or should it be more kind of, re- should it be more kind of reflective of what we do? For example, if you're a, you know, uh, delivery driver, Versus somebody who's, I don't know, like if you're working for like a, an actual mercenary group um, as a soldier of fortune, um, some people are inherently doing more dangerous work and, and, and making more money than others. Uh, you know, the person who's working for, for Brown, as it were, for UPS or something, is not making the same amount of money as your, you know, engineer who's developing some kind of uh, prototype. But so should should there be that kind of distinction inside of the game or should all professions be viable about at the same level? Well, that's actually related to the question. Actually, that's the one I wrote up for today. There you go. So, yeah, it's very. It's You're very welcome. Really, yeah, no, I already had a type, but you're right. That's that's kind of the discussion. So that's uh, that's and I'm I'm with you. I, I just, you know, I know I'd, I'd like to see some science stuff get in you know the research stuff get in you know i'd like to see um even in the most rudimentary way right you know if we could go find you know if i don't know put pathfinders have the only radar that can find rocks or something you know i you know how you do it right mining ships can't find it they can only dig it so someone else has to go find it for you i don't don't know how it works but uh, i'm just saying i just yeah well, it's, it used uh, to be it's like a that tough too. question, right? It used to be like that. Remember, only the three fifteen, the prospector could. Uh, I think the Terrapin. There were only a few ships in the mole, obviously, that could detect resources. Mm. This is how it works in real life. Yeah. You know, engineers don't set up anything and do any mining until a geologist has gone out there and says that mountain looks like it could potentially have X, Y, Z based on the surrounding terrain and the stratus, you know, strata layers in the rock. Yeah. I think we should go look for, for gold or diamonds. Right. I mean, there's, it was not, you know, a mining rig just shows up and starts digging. Um, it was almost like the research portion of it was as important. If in any ways more important than getting the material out, it's the expense. So if you're mining, like like say now, I would control mining and I would control salvage only with missions, right? That's how I would do it. And it would be either an expense to take that mission where you're paying for it, which means you have the resources to do it, or, um, you know, you're limited to what you can do. And it's going to kind of control how much you can make, Um same thing with truckers. That's how truckers work, right? They don't just go buy their cargo and head off on a ride. Um, they're told where to be and what to pick up and what to drop off, and they get paid. And they don't necessarily get paid by the truckload; they get paid by the you know by the hour or even the mile. Um, so they, there's it's different the driver. Yeah, there's different there's different factors that drive their pay. Um, but miners wouldn't get paid squat for just sitting out in the oil field and not drilling. 
even if yeah. they were drilling, if they weren't drilling a little over an oil field, they wouldn't make any, they wouldn't get shit. The, the other thing that I was thinking about, well, a lot of, you know, we're, we're trying to close off game loops in something that's trying to be built as a system. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the economy, everyone keeps getting frustrated with, and, and I think we've talked about this before, but the reason I think the economy is so delayed is we're missing those industrial nodes that will drive a lot of those endeavors, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then some of the mission sets that will kick off to help facilitate the economy. I mean, granted, I don't think it'll be a big switch overnight. Hey, we have a dynamic economy. And yes, it would be good to hear from a certain somebody um, who everyone says has been sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, about updates to it, but maybe they're waiting for those nodes before they update anymore because that they're probably critical. Wouldn't, I mean, uh, this is actually, I don't I hope you guys don't mind this conversation. I actually like this conversation. Trust me, the um, content's not very dense after this. So we're probably so, talking about the bulk of the episode. So let's take, you know, we have all these solar systems that are coming, right? Um, you could certainly take pyro and say that's a high risk, high reward area for salvage, for mining, for transportation and everything else, right? You could also take some that are relatively safe. You could have solar systems that are relatively safe where there's high security there, right? And but the salaries are going to be lower for the truck for the transport guys. You're going to be able to run missions all day, but kind of at the pace that they're dictated to you. You're not going to get rich real fast. You're just going to make money, right? Um, the ones where it's most ambitious would be the ones where it's, and there, there'll be one more example. Let's say you're in a place which is, you know, clearly capitalistic driven. There's, you know, some free planets and organizations that are trading and competing with each other. And it's how fast you can do it. Right, and they'll pay f- higher salaries for the faster you can do something, and the supply is available. You know, you want to go salvage all day, you're going to make more money there, right? Um, more wear and tear, maybe on your equipment. And then the last one is they're a, I, won't, I won't say socialist, but they're more of a um, what do you call? It? You're on the dole. More of the society is on the dole, so you can only mine so much, and you can only make so much. Right, uh, and then you got to stop, and someone else gets the mine for a while. Right, it's kind of controlled. Um, you could make the economy part of the story, mm, right? Yeah, I but mean, a lot of the limitations of that would be like there are ideas there, but they're more single-player game style ideas. Because if you if you if you put too many stops and limits on things, then players simply just won't go to certain systems because it's like I can do the same thing somewhere else and and as as much as I don't play to make money um, you know if if I can do exactly the same thing in one place (laughs) at the same more or less level of risk I'll I'll pick the the latter over the former but you know like we're not that far off topic because there was the whole video on Pyro Playground there last week or about two weeks not quite two weeks ago and uh i forget i think it was todd pappy who mentioned that you know there's going to be certain um commodities or certain uh resources that are going to be very system specific and you know those are going to be higher value 
to go and get. So as much as some people might be kind of reticent to risk themselves in, for example, a Pyros system, um, you know, if the money's there, somebody's going to go for it. They're going to try. And to get it, it's going to be, you know, risk versus reward. And if the mm -hmm. risk is, if the reward is worth the risk, then people will risk. Mm -hmm. Now, what about, what about things like, um, you know, systems that say, hey, you carry, you carry X mineral, you went and mined this material and you stored it and you shipped it back. The next time, if you interact with the following chemicals or minerals, that could cause a fire and explosion in your ship. You have to get it clean, right? So it would, it would mean that people would have it to specialize, right? So maybe they do choose quantanium. Well, they might only be able to look for quantanium because they go out and find it on their first, you know, 10 minutes out, they get some and they bring it back and they go, well, crap, I just got to keep looking for quantanium and the game slows down for them. Others now would go, I see a little quantanium and it looks like a good load, but there's a lot of iron out here. I'm going to go for the iron today and not cost myself some time and fun. Um, you know, you're, you give people the choices, um, the decisions around the, uh, how they're going to earn their, their, profit in the economy because um, that's not that's not uncommon and actually in like the oil transporting business right they have to clean the tanks of the ship before they take on other chemicals or it'll contaminate it um, or be a fire hazard um, so oil tankers have that problem they don't you know natural grass haulers have that problem too they can't mix and match um, as quickly as you would think that makes sense most definitely yeah all righty what well quite a i think that horse is probably dead no 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 it, is, it hasn't been born yet that's why we're that's why we're just kind of theorizing this is the kind of stuff yeah. we we could probably talk about for 80 percent of the episode and then be like oh and by the way <laughs> oh, by the way 3.22 is coming out soon yeah yeah, yeah. And I don't ever prepare the notes for that. I just say, hey, it's happening. Here's what I heard. Here's what I saw. Um, but we are in day two of Luminalia. So um, this year, they're doing the same thing. The the sort of like, um, what do you call it? An um, advent calendar. Yes, thank you. It's like an advent calendar, but 12 days. And so the 12 days of Luminalia. And we're in day two so far. Uh, first day one, we got some paints for the Drake Cutter. Today, we got an adorable sweater with Pico on it. Nice holiday sweater. Um, also this year, besides a Luminalia card contest, there's also two Arena Commander contests. The first one is through January. Well, I think January 8th, if I recall. And it's if you come... Sorry, hiccup. If you come in first place for team elimination or gun mode, you win a festive Pico. And then there's a schedule on the CIG website for the other competition, which is where you will battle CIG staff in select game modes during this schedule. And, well, if you happen to be on one of their servers when you're playing. And if your team wins and you are third um, ranked or higher on the leaderboard, you'll win an LTI X1 Force. Uh, that starts on the 15th and goes through the 22nd. 
So we've got a couple days before that kicks off and it'll go all through next week. Um, did you guys get your Luminalia gear yet? Well, yeah, I've gotten my two days. And I, I, I again, I said it last, Luminalia, and I will repeat it for those who have never heard me say it. It's free stuff. It's free digital stuff. Some of it's JPEG. Some of it's in-game stuff. Just take it. Don't, yeah. you know, I, I, again, don't complain. If you don't like it, you know, some people are like, oh, I got more clutter in my, well, then when you get into the hospital and you, first thing you do is just dump it all on the ground. And your inventory yeah. is now officially cleaned. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Give it Problem away to solved. someone. Because <laughs> I got 12 years of placeholders sitting in my yeah, inventory. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, and I'm serious. I just take it and I just, you know, you go and I, oh, that was a, one of the tips and tricks. That I don't think a lot of people know that. I just thought of it. But anyway, you just, if you got a bunch of junk, you just hide it, find a little quiet spot in a, in a where nobody goes in a, in a space station. Uh, where your stuff is so it doesn't look cluttered and just dump it all on the ground placeholder 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 luminalia sweaters i don't like them fine just throw them away then they're not in your inventory anymore until you reset or there's a or there's a wipe well pretty soon you could just throw them all in one box (laughs) yeah you can do that too yes three two two tentative (laughs) <laughs> uh what about you cigar did you collect your two things yet i did and i really like the sweater yeah i like the sweater too um what i love is uh, they changed it up this year a little bit in terms of the uh ui because you don't have to actually once you Copy click on the paste, date yeah. it auto claims it which was so nice yes um and i think it's the same as last year as long as luminalia is still running you could you could collect any of them yeah. Because I clicked on day one again and it goes, that's already in your hangar, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it didn't say, sir. sir. I just added that flare. Uh, what do you think about the Arena Commander stuff? I mean, it, I think it's cool that they're adding more stuff that means stuff. Oh, they also have the packages in the game, too, that you can sell for money. Yeah. 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 We're not talking about those. The um, I like the... I just... It's fun. It's, it's all it is. It doesn't hurt. And I, I personally... And this is just my bugaboo. Like I've been around for a while, you know, since Ultima. Mm-hmm. I like, like the Luminalia is, um, it's lore based. It's kind of makes sense. The advent calendar though is like out of game. Mm-hmm. I personally, a little bit of a bugaboo I have with MMOs is when they start having these events that are absolutely immersion breaking in game uh i'm looking at you star trek online um if anybody's ever played it when you know you got q kind of hanging out and and yeah and 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 it's all this silliness and randomness and i get it but i personally don't like that the end have to explain to me i'm confused so what happens is like in star trek online every Mm -hmm. now and then they have every year or so they have these big anniversary events and so q shows up and you know how q's over the top Mm-hmm. So Q shows up with the big anniversary banner and he hangs out. And then there's all these little mini games and all these, like you're getting transported to places and people are running around with firecrackers and poppers and dancing and oh, all kinds that of That means si- something different to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you said we were going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but so it's, but it's just so 
off and so it feels so horseshoed and wedged in yeah that i don't like it and mm-hmm. you're just kind of repeating these little activities and these things to kind of try to get enough uh, reputation points or coins or whatever to win stuff mm-hmm. and then to buy other. And it's just, it's, it breaks it for me. Whereas in Star Citizen here, it's Arena Commander. It's it's not like some kind of thing like, okay, everybody, whoever wins Jump Town gets like a plushie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an Arena can- Commander mode, an Arena Commander event. The advent calendar is in the thing. You get paints, you get sweaters, yeah. ugly sweaters, and they're just kind of there. It's not like, you know, some kind of artificial, non-organic event that just gets pushed right into the game world. Mm. And it, it just kind of takes you right out of it. So you don't like the boxes just being all around and... Well, like, what do you mean? Like, no, the boxes being all around, it's, 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 that's the absolute borderline for me okay because it's like kind of like the band you leave all these boxes lying around oh so so they haven't they haven't crossed your threshold yet not mine. okay no. okay yeah. i thought you were saying that the boxes were crossing no, like the, the boxes in the envelopes because they've always said it's it's things that people leave lying around on, on purpose. purpose yeah 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 what they should be thinking about see if i were thinking right because now that they're designing things, they're always like, all right, well, now we're going to have, I forgot what they call it. Um, you know, the outposts, you can make it look filthy or whatever. What, what do they call the set dressing, essentially, of an outpost? Do you know what I mean? I know what you're talking about. I know what you it's mean, like but I can't environment of it. It's clean. It's dirty. Yeah, it's- they're like, oh, I forgot what it's uh, Overlays. As they're thinking about these overlays, like, oh, here's this gang's overlay, here's this overlay, they should be like, let's have Luminalia overlays. Because if it's such a popular holiday, as they design every single place that you can go, they should have Luminalia overlays so that they could just turn on Luminalia at a certain point, and it's like the whole verse is celebrating, or at least certain parts where it like makes sense lore-wise. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we don't have public spaces decorated for Luminalia seems weird yes so at some point they should be like okay well as we design cities we have to design overlays based on certain things and like luminalia being one of the bigger holidays in lore let's decorate for luminalia versus hey here's this hidden snowman yes luminalia tree underneath the tower which is it's cute for now and i'm sure eventually they will do that but it's just sort of like that's something now that you've been planning this thing that's a big in lore thing. One way to really set themselves apart is to be like, okay, how do we make this a yeah. an ongoing? But it's like that's like a final art kind of yeah, thing. true. And I think it'd be nice. Like the thing is, we're in the alpha, and mm. I've kind of set my own thing where certain mechanics I'll do, certain events I won't do ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, because you want some surprises mm-hmm. when it eventually comes out, and so wouldn't that be a nice surprise? Is the first actual official Luminalia? Yeah, is, you know, you kind of log in, and and they could even do it progressively, where you know it's you know after you know people start putting up some areas, start getting decorated, and there's more and more decorations as you get closer to it. And voila. Imagine you decorate your own place for okay. Luminalia. How fun there would that be? Yeah. 
Except then I'd forget to take them down, just like I do at home. Yeah, but that would also be a thing. Mm-hmm. You'd be that guy who's got the Christmas lights on during the summer, because you didn't even. It's not you didn't take them down. You took. You didn't even take them off the timer. Oh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, I just usually. I actually, I'm very bad. I didn't get a Christmas tree yet, and I just don't know if I'm going to. Because I only have like ten days left before I'm done. I don't know. I might get one still. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm just one of those people where the pine tree is real crispy by the time I take it out and it leaves all the all the pine needles on my way down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's real quithby. <laughs> it's like scratching me up. I'm like, ow. Yeah. It's all branches. Yeah. Um, excellent. Well, I, what do you guys think of the, I, I thought I asked this, but now I'm not sure if it was just in my head, but what do you think about the arena commander game modes? That's a cool addition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did ask it and that's yeah. where we got on the whole. Yeah. I felt like we kind of answered it, stuff. but not really. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. them. I, I haven't spent as much time in arena commander as I thought I would in 321. I thought I was going to spend more time too. Yeah. I thought I was going to spend a lot more time and I just haven't, but we I should probably I, I organize point stuff. Of it. Well, with the upcoming potential of multi-crew stuff in, Oh, I know in arena commander that's kind of nice because just organizing sometimes for stuff it's just kind of hey let's all jump in jump on a ship and do pirate wave mm-hmm. voila the only downside is i think you can only corrupt to four right now so Still. that's a limitation yeah but okay so you won't be flying a full-fledged hammerhead but exactly be, that was the first thing i thought fine. <laughs> a redeemer would be all right yeah redeemer would be good all righty. Well, um, we've we've actually reached a good sort of transition point uh, because 322 is now open to everyone over in the – I don't even know what to call them anymore because now that there's so many PTUs. Um, EPTU? PTU? The experimental PTU, I guess. EPTU? Yeah. So um, – and it's been shaping up pretty nicely from what i've heard i just saw the the only thing that i noticed that was new as of some videos just before i started writing the notes was the x1 and the santaki i are in this build so and they looked really cool the x1 looks really cool i was surprised because i didn't really like the design of it but it looks really awesome um what uh so you haven't been playing the PTU Canuck uh, Seaguard. Have you played PTU at all? I, I have not done the PTU. I was earlier, but a lot lately. I have been following a lot of it on videos. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I saw the Santakia yesterday. Um, very cool. Lots of modules inside of it. It's got some storage. Um, paint job on it is, you know, it's got that mm-hmm. fantastic paint. Yeah, type they always have. It's metallic. It you know it almost it's got like glows. a nice yeah, luminous. it's just gorgeous. Um, it it truly is a cool thing. Um, but, very very online with the uh, Santaki or the Chiang. Car- yeah, what's the Cartuol? Yeah, yeah. The new one's the Cartuol. The old one's the Santaki. No, vice versa. Vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah, it's it's very on par. You know, they're both 
fantastic looking skins. Um, I think they hit it out of the park. I think now, it's really cool. Here's what I find fascinating is that the Cartuol and the Santakii are um, the same race as um, the, uh, well, oh God, I can't remember any of either of the, the others. Banu, Xi'an. The Raylan and the Sulin. They're all, yes. they're all Xi'an. But Correct. those look so different. Yeah, but don't forget, I mean, um, you know, even our cars look different in from different, you know, it's it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, there, there is a different style to them, but uh, I think it, uh, I think that whole species is just fantastic. I mean. Um, I, um, and they're the turtle looking ones too. That's the interesting part. Yeah. They're very advanced. They, but I, get uh, what you're, I get what you're saying. It doesn't like the Sulian, which I like very much. It's mm. a, it's a, it's an interesting ship. It's the details on it. Even if you just see somebody with one, just walk up to it and look at all the additional details. Mm-hmm. They really did a nice job on the ship. Um, but yeah, it just there doesn't seem. But that's the kind of thing is, just like for example, you know these are military ships. Yeah, exactly. They have a specific role, so their military ships look like versus two cargo thing, ships versus a cargo ship or or another. And again, just as you know, I kind of like it because one of the tropes that we run into in science fiction is that a race is represented by all the same thing. Whereas on earth here, you've got multitudes of different cultures and different styles and different, um, you know, visual aesthetics and all this kind of thing. So if on the planet earth, we can have like, you know, 200 different countries and different cultures and different looks and different architecture styles and different vehicles and all, you know what I mean? Mm. But then, you know, you've got like a multi-system spanning race Mm. But they're all the same thing, generic, right across the board. I mean, I, yeah. I will say the one thing that is very congruent, is, well, two things, really. It's the grav tech. Correct. Yep. And it's the verticality of their ships. There you go. Because you have yep. the grav tech, so you can you mm-hmm. can do it that way. The trans- transformation nature mm-hmm. of their yep. ships. That too. The Nox yep. is the only thing that doesn't really transform with that. Yeah. But see yeah. that one, and that one's the bridge between the two of them because it actually reminds me of both sets yeah. of styles. Yeah. It's kind of in between. But I, it, I mean, it almost pretty much came out in between. The, the Santaki Eye is the one that came out after yeah. the Knox, but still. Yeah, I, I like much like Seagard, I don't I don't PTU, but I've been looking at the videos. And I think the Santokia is is really an interesting ship. It's got a yeah. like the paint and the finish and the details is nice. Um the Gravlev, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen more than one video. They're gonna have to sort out either raise the landing gear or make it so that the the entrance uh seat doesn't go down as far because it's it ends up clipping and, and um bumping the ship up and around yeah so i don't know if you've seen a couple of videos but if somebody lands on uneven ground the grav lev it it, it makes the, the way ship, the ladder it makes the ship be. 
jump. Yeah, much like yeah. what ladders do. Oh. And um, so they can they can raise that and just put a different kind of animation or put slightly longer landing gear. Um, the other thing, though, that is as much as the Santokia is beautiful and it's a really interesting looking ship and it accelerates wonderfully and it's, it's particularly well armed and it's maneuverable, it sounds absolutely horrendous. Oh, really? It sounds like a flat tire on your car. <laughs> so find find a video yeah find yeah. a video of somebody who's got the audio of it and so it's it's a it's a win in every single category i find except for the audio that's so funny because I, I know was... and audio affects really how you appreciate things like yeah. it's important it's so funny because I was like, I was, I was about to be like, let me guess, it's amazing because the audio team's been killing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it does so anyway, like a model. It's not, it like a model T with a uh, yeah, with a probably with a a cylinder. Yeah. I don't know if it's a bug or if it was just a decision that they kind of wanted like a thumpy kind of sound, but it it just it just doesn't work. Hmm. As far right. as the X1s go, I, I like them very much. I think they look very close to what... It's interesting. It's nice when something comes out and you look at the concept. You're like, oh, I like that concept. And then it comes out and it's really close to the concept. It's, That's it's a close nice, and yet somehow looks less chunky. It, it They didn't make it really super chunky yeah. despite having to accommodate for the sizes. I'm not crazy about the paint jobs, but that should theoretically potentially be fixed if you get some skins for it. I mean, but I will overall, get I one think in it looks, game. I look. I think it looks really, really nice. I will get one in game for my 400i. Oh, I, do you have a 400i? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get one in game. 400i. Just for that. the 400i. Yeah. Yeah. It really want to make me want to bring out my Drake Cutlass with my uh, two Drake Dragonflies in it. Yeah. You know? The it it looks like a highly maneuverable. Yeah. vehicle it looks it looks it looks classy yeah it looks fast it was clearly maneuverable from the video i saw all we yeah. need now is a ground physics driving physics solution yeah because again the x1 as i'm looking at it i haven't played with it i haven't tried it i guess i could you know download the ptu to give it a try but it looks like a really nice, it looks really close to concept. That's great. But much like every other driving experience, the grav lev is not a nice experience to, to drive. And um, it's a little hot. It goes a little high in the vehicle base. Yeah. The tanks, lower down. the tanks are not nice to drive. The cars are not nice to drive. Like they're ground vehicle mechanics, even though I think it was three, two, zero that they changed. They made some yeah. changes. I think it was. And their changes didn't work. So I don't want to sound overly negative on that. But I think the consensus, I think pretty much everybody's agreed. I think it's a combination of the, the physics. That the ground just doesn't work. It's the physics. And I think there's too many objects to collide with in general. Yeah, maybe. Like the amount of rocks on any given location, you're like, do I need to always encounter a rock? Yeah, you know, can't there be a clear path somewhere? Mm-hmm. But did you drive the tumbler during IE? At all? Yeah. The storm? The, sorry, yeah. the, tumbler, the storm. I, I I was like, 
I was like, does he mean the storm? Because it looks like the tumbler yeah, from sorry, Batman. The, the, the storm, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was awful. It, it's terrible. It's it's really a terrible experience. It, it, it's like it you're out on the worst drive of ice. all the vehicles. Yeah, and the thing weighs arguably probably what what's a tank Second heaviest that no, size? A light yeah. tank, you know, something like that might weigh twenty five tons. This yeah, thing's bigger than an Abrams. It shouldn't it's, bounce it's at all. So until they can sort that out. Ground vehicles, while I used to use them for approaches to bunkers to avoid the turrets, but from what I've read, 322, I don't know if this is a bug or if this is intended, the turrets are shooting at hover bikes now. Oh, shoot. So that kind of like, ugh. Because that's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice tactic. You park well out of the way, your ship is protected, and then you come in. But if they're shooting, at, you have no chance against a turret on a hover bike. <laughs> Speed yeah. is your friend. But Art knocked it out of the park with the X1 and yeah, the Santa Kiai. Uh, and audio has to revisit <laughs> the Santa Kiai. And yeah. I say that, everybody who's listening, go find a video. I can't speak to specific uh, content creators on this one. I don't know who I watched, but you listen to the sound. It's just not a nice sound. <laughs> All righty. Well... That brings us to tips and tricks to which we have no submittals from our listeners. Canuck, you mentioned you might have a tip or trick up your sleeve. Oh, I have. Well, I was going to, when you said, uh, you know, I could come on this week. Uh, otherwise, I would have filled up your, your your chat pretty good. Yeah. So, um, these are two that I kind of thought people knew. But when I was reading through uh, Global a few nights ago, like probably a week ago, I was kind of surprised that somebody didn't know this. So first of all, the hospital, when you're respawning in the hospital room, that has its own specific inventory. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not um, your, your, your general inventory. Mm. So if you don't want to leave the boxes and stuff lying around, just take your robe off, stick it in the hospital inventory, put your white suit on, the white suit of shame on, <laughs> and put your helmet on, and then when you exit the hospital room, you've not cluttered everything up with those boxes, yeah. and it just it just it's one step that keeps everything a little tidier. That's also to to make note that the white uniform or the you know the the flight suit is only available in the hospital inventory. Yes, if you leave tout nu, uh, naked, you are you know in your skibbies. Uh, and also, uh, FYI, uh, ships with respawn beds also spawn, um, or they used to spawn flight suits in their inventory for you. Oh, yeah? I didn't know that. I don't have a Carrick. Well, I do, so. I know. It's the best <laughs> ship in the game, right? Someone's heard, right? Someone's heard I have one. It's, it's, I, th- I heard you like them, too. We haven't we haven't talked about it in a while, so, you know, my Maybe beloved. What's your second um, one? Well, the second one is... Um, is a gameplay. Bunkers are broken. Everybody under, pretty much knows that. But if you really like to do bunker missions, um, the problem with bunkers currently is a lot of the uh, NPCs, very much like um, Siege of Orison. And my tip there, free tip for Siege of Orison, don't do it. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work nine times out of ten. I've tried it a lot this time and it just didn't work at all. But a lot of the NPCs are spawning in the floor or inside of uh, walls, and you can't get to them. 
but the consignment uh, missions mm-hmm. where you have to, uh, so the protect site or clear sites, those are the ones that there's a very high likelihood that you're not going to be able to complete it. But the ones where you have to, um, where you have to destroy stuff or you have to pick up the, um, the boxes, uh, those ones still are, because you don't have to kill everybody to get it, mm. to, to complete that. And also the, um, the missions, if you want to do bunker, like mercenary missions, where you have to take somebody out at a wreck site, because generally the NPCs are spawning outside of the wrecks and there aren't a lot of walls to spawn into, those ones you can do in the work. So there's your, your tip. Oh, and right. uh, the last tip, this was just, I Ooh. kind of ran across it. I was playing and, and I was told a guy in Global, I says, yeah, I'll be there in 400 seconds. And the guy's like, how do you know that? And I, and I, it didn't, you know, when you press F2 yeah. and, um, and you set your destination and it shows you your OM1, whatever, 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 underneath, just in the little corner of that, there's a number, 473, 622, whatever. That's the amount of seconds it's going to take you to get where you're going. Ah, that's a good one. So if you really, like, if you know somebody's like, I'll be there in five minutes, and you really don't know. If you set your destination, like, for example, I'm at Arcourt, and I want to go to Microtech to go meet some people. When you set your destination, the number is going to show up. And it'll be, I don't know, I'm making it up, it's 720 seconds divided by 60 and that's how many minutes you're going to be in quantum so that you can actually know exactly how long you're going to take to get somewhere it's a little number nobody really notices it it's just that little number that shows up just underneath your waypoints or your destination in the left top hand corner of your star map so there you go that's a good those are some good tips there's some tips that's some tips for everybody Tips for all. Look at that in the spirit of Luminalia. Yes, I am in a giving mood. <laughs> and I'm just changing the name of the episode. Well, what? You're, are it's you a Canucks t- in a giving mood. Okay, no. I thought you were saying you, you're. I was. I was giving you know just the tip or something, but no, no, we already have a just the tip episode. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's not the one you're talking about. You're dating? No. Um, oh, hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, no more tips for me. The other ones are more for science uh, What oh. about. Oh, huh? you know what? No, I take it back. Uh-oh. No, that's. I'll, we'll go for science for that one. Okay. Go ahead. Um, what about you, Seaguard? Yeah. So, here's one for anyone who's trying to haul with the whole Satan. So there's a problem with the docking. There's a couple of problems with the whole seat right now. But uh, one of them is um, related to the docking of the ship. You can dock the hull seat, but you have a problem with um, when you go back to the ship, uh, you recall it, especially on Tressler. Um, and usually on uh, dock number two, your ship will be three meters away from the actual collar that is the docking thing. So the doors won't open. Um, I found two options around this is one, you can redock the ship or go back down to the lobby and recall the ship real quick. Right. Number two is that you can call it knowing that it's going to go to number two, because that's where it's going to go. If it's gone there the first time you can run to it, to another um, 
ship, call another ship real quick and fly out to it and go in through the side uh, entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third option you have, and this one let me work around this problem was I actually called another ship to a landing pad, came up with saying hangar number three. Then I called my whole C and it went and docked correctly so that I could actually board it and get back onto it. So I had to have one in a hangar somewhere and then it would allow it to dock properly uh, when it was recalled. So that would be my tip and workaround for uh, your whole C's. The next one is, is that um, sometimes you go to pick up your cargo. You've ordered the cargo. Now you got to, and you finally got onto your ship. So now you have to go down and, and dock. Um, you know, using that method, you can actually get on your ship. And if that works for you, you can actually go down there. I bring, uh, I enter the cargo loading area and I actually shut off the, um, the thrusters and the speed. So there's zero movement. And then it allowed me to load. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Otherwise you cannot load, uh, your cargo gets stuck. And you can every time you land, it tells you, oh, you have on un, you know unclaimed cargo. Or every time you leave, if you leave, you're gonna lose your unclaimed cargo. I haven't you lost pay it for yet. it and you lose it. Like so uh, you, you order it. it, it tells you you do, but you actually don't. But you can't load it on any other ships. Like you can't go, oh, let's put it on a caterpillar. It it's been ordered and set aside for the whole sea, so you're kind of stuck. Hmm. So so there there are some problems. So I guess the summary of that is load a normal ship into a hangar, call your hull C, get on your hull C, go down to the cargo area, request to pick up your cargo. So you fly your ship down into the little box and then shut your thrusters down and your speed all the way down so there's no movement at all and it'll load for you. All right. But we all understand that the hull C was added not really because it's ready, but rather because yeah. it was ready enough. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is the, um, you know, it, it's really a fun ship to fly. I mean, it, docking is kind of fun. It's, you know, it's something that kind of gets your interest going. Um, the trips are relatively slow, but they're not horribly slow. And I've been making, you know, a couple of my runs, I've made, you know, 200,000, 225,000 with normal stuff, you know, not like, you know, um, gold. I mean, I just go out, I order some scrap, I fly out and make 85 one way. I buy another load of, you know, Hephaestonite or whatever and fly back and sell that for, you know, you know, another 200 profit. So, I mean, you know, it comes out, you're, you can make 225 profit flying between the big ports um, and the jump rings or the jump points, you know, for the, uh, you know, the jump point to Terra or the jump point to, uh, what's the other one? Magna, Magnus, Magnus, I think it is. So you can make good profit doing that. So I bet it'll be pretty profitable to bring stuff to next through Pyro. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be price per unit is going to be very good. I think that's really what it's going to be about. Price per unit is going to be very low. But that's where Seaguard's the idea, and it's coming. Once, once I think they can, they're happy. Once I think they, well, once we get another systems and everything, mm-hmm. 
once they're happy with the, the loading mechanisms <clears throat> and it's working more yeah, reliably, this, you can missions and then get a time bonus. Yeah. So essentially you're going through, you know, when you have a couple of systems, I could absolutely see, listen, I need you to bring it from A mm -hmm. to B and you can either pass through this really dangerous system and get a bonus because your delivery is faster than anticipated, mm -hmm. or you can take the safer route and just forego the bonus. And so again, it's a question of risk versus reward. Yeah, and exactly. that's that's what you want for that's what you want in game loops. You want risk versus reward. And you'll you'll pay less for fuel, also. You yeah, everything more money. It is yeah. The whole the whole series seems to be much less expensive. Like to do the C two and the whole side by side. The C two works very well in a, in that capacity. It's only you know six hundred something cargo. But it makes decent profit doing that same route, and it's very reliable. Um, but it does guzzle more fuel. It guzzles about you know three to four times the amount of fuel as the hull, and I mean the whole C. And it's not nearly as much cargo. I'm looking yeah. forward to the B. I'm looking forward to the hull B. I think that's going to be a nice sweet mm -hmm. spot. It will be. Absolutely. <clears throat> A hundred percent. All right. You got any tips? Most you, excellent. Uh, of course I don't. Uh, oh, except, come on. Uh, except be careful when you're on medicine uh, when drinking. That's because a good tip. sometimes when you're on certain meds, you will experience drunkenness much sooner, yeah. as I have learned last week. Um, See, anyway. Ultimately, that's probably a more important tip than our space uh, Mm. I mean, you saved I a life. Know. You just saved a life. I didn't save a life. You might. Well, have. you never know. You might have. Yeah, never know. We're talking to you, Hamer. No. <laughs> hey, I used to give blood so I could get drunk faster. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, I hate. Giving, I hate giving blood because. <laughs> Sorry, it just. I just. It just registered what you said. <laughs> Absolutely, college. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, you know, I break out the leeches before I head out to the bar, and then that way I can really get loaded a lot faster. Yeah, the old, the old and blood I go drive fishing showed up the next day with the leeches. I'm, like, uh, <laughs> the blood drive showed up. I was given all my friends. I'm that they were person all heading to the bar, getting drunk on two bucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm that I'm that human pin cushion that like they're like, oh, we can't seem to find a vein. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. What do you mean? You could see it right through my skin. I'm so pale. And they're like, yeah, but it's not yielding enough. I'm like, so what did what's that mean? Oh, we're gonna have to go to the other arm. Oh, cool. We'll just keep okay. keep poking until you get what you need, please. Who cares about my feelings? Oh, I never yeah. I never sold my blood. I haven't done that. I don't think blood's what you sell. Yeah. I think it's a different bodily fluid there. You can so sell you can sell blood. I think, I think you donate blood. Not yeah. Canada. You, you can sell blood. Oh, well. yeah. You can go down and donate, and you you know you used to be able to get you know fifteen bucks or so for a pint. I had a uh, I had a female roommate, and she sold a fluid to oh. someone for a lot of money. And Man, disgusting. Oh, wow. Anyway, I take uh, it back. I just I I you know what I said. You can't sell your blood in Canada. You can. I take yeah. it back. What you don't do is as a as a non don't you don't you're not treated as a donor, so you don't get the benefits of being a blood donor. Um, like when you have an accident and things like that, you, you know. uh, and a glass of apple juice. Well, that brings us to for science. 
Yes. No one submitted anything for science song. either, so... We've been hearing that song for too many years. Uh, why does he say that all of a sudden? Like, I don't know. He's just being Chekhov. Uh, first of all, it should seem new to him. Yeah. <laughs> I have not been on show for three months now. That new song? My collective experience. He won't even hear this because he doesn't listen to our own show, which, in all fairness, neither do I. Only when I QA it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did some for science. Oh yeah. Well, we know Canuck has at least one. I got go a couple. Go for it, Canuck. You go for it. So I was testing a few things, um, and uh, you remember, you remember, Seaguard, you were talking about, you know, if you can pull the rack off a CL and throw it onto one of the other auroras, still yeah. works. So if if we've got some people out there who've got, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, any of the auroras and you want to at least you know be able to salvage if you're if you're grabbing some because now that you've got bounties that you can that'll drop some potentially lucrative boxes mm -hmm. all of a sudden going from like three boxes to six seu well there you go so it's worth it if you have a friend with a cl turn the shields off go grab that the cl rack throw it on one of the other auroras and you're good to go Ah, uh, see, that's cool. It still works. Uh, well, it worked last week anyway. Uh, and the, the, you know, obviously some people know, I, I was testing also to see the whole putting the mold bags on the uh, prospector just to kind of increase. Um, there's a little bit of a rigmarole to make that work for those of you who know you can or cannot do it. But if you have somebody who's got a, a mole, um, once you turn off and you make it so you can do your swapping, you, there's some there's some hotkey stuff. Look it up. Uh, it still works too, and you can pull the um, the uh, the bags off a mole, pull the bags off your prospector, and increase your SCUs from 32 to 48 on your prospector, which you know just lets you be out there a little longer. Yeah. Uh, but once you get back to station, there's a whole like you got to remove a part, save it, put a part back, spawn it, come back, so that it just you know saves it. But it's it's worth the tr it, it it could be worth the trouble. Yeah. Um, other for sciences, um, because I was kind of playing with bounties and and picking up you know scraps from the you know either guns or whatnot. The um, I've pretty much confirmed that if you've got a cargo lift, so if you've got like constellation or you've got 300 series ship, anything with a cargo lift, uh, everything's clipping through the cargo lift. You can't put guns on the cargo lift. It just clips right through. So the only, you know, the only workaround with that is if you got a bunch of guns, you kind of have to stick them inside. So if you've got a 300 series ship, you open up the door and you tractor beam them directly into the ship if they're small enough to fit in there. But sticking a five, size 5 off a redeemer into your... Uh, into your 300i is a little bit of a challenge. Um, if you have, uh, um, sorry, Andromeda, an Andromeda, or um, the like, or a constellation, you can't put it on the cargo lift. But if you carry the gun up and onto the gangways on the sides, you can stack them up on there. So as long as they're in the ship interior, and then they're not, you're not relying on the cargo lift to pull them up. 
So that's what my recommendation is. That's what my first science. So I was just thinking, if you're doing big bounties or something with a constellation, you can't pick up any extra stuff. The boxes, sure, but the guns and stuff, they just clip through. Um, and I don't know if anybody else, the, the, I was testing a lot of trying to get boxes or corpses or guns out of the bunkers. And um, I think... I kind of have this thought that, you know how people would really, really take a lot of stuff, like just pile everything and all these bodies onto the, uh, onto the lifts and then just pile all the bodies into the bunk, into your back of your, I don't know, cutlass black. Right. I'm, I'm almost thinking CAG might've implemented something to kind of limit that. And I think one of the side effects is why all these NPCs are falling through the floors in the bunkers. Is I think they maybe tried to say, you know what, let's try to put the limit on that. Because if you put a body on the lift in the bunkers, if you put a body on the lift in the bunkers, if you put a, a, a box on a lift in the bunkers, and you try to lift the lift up, it's not going to work. It just clips right through. So Interesting. Uh, that's in the PTU? That's in, no, that's in the regular. That's in the current okay, yeah. EU right now. So if you're trying to get loot, as it were, out of a bunker, uh, good luck. So I tried gotcha. all kinds of ways to do it. So the only real way to do it is, uh, you know, unequip as much as you can, load yourself up as much as you can, and then run it outside. But then there's always the challenge of not being able to sell a lot of stuff. Um, or right. I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the, this is not a for science, but some of the really rare guns, you're like, oh, wow, this is a great shotgun, Devastator, Blue, and then you say, I'm going to sell that. And you go somewhere and it's like five AUEC. <laughs> so right. you're like, well, that's not worth the trouble of hauling that thing out. Right. Um, anything else? It's better just keeping your weapon locker. You just, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you just stick on your ship. And then if yeah. you need a gun, it's there. So um, just to dovetail onto yours. Um, so I was watching for 3.22. Um Kamaral, Kamaral, and one other guy, Noob, Noob, um, not Noobifier, but Noob Guy or something. Um, they both showed how you can bring one of those, like, you know, four SCU boxes, tractor beam it down, take it on the elevator down, down to the bottom, you know, eliminate everybody, mm-hmm. um, drag the box the into the main area, and then you basically strip down loot a character by you know loot them and it drags their all their equipment onto you and then you can just drag it all over into the new box and they go around and they just looted the entire place that way both of them separately so that seemed to be a new a new way of doing that you can also just i think you can do this now though you can double click on a on the guy's weapon and it'll just automatically stow it on your back yeah, double so, clicking will store it to whatever available yeah. slot that the item will go to. Yeah. So you will, like, if you wanted to go in, let's say three guys wanted to go looting, and two guys can go clear the bunker, the third guy can bring in the box, right? Um, and you could actually get out there with all the armor and all the extras and bring it back to your ship relatively easy. Interesting uh, fact with that. <clears throat> um, very much in the same. I've been doing a lot of. I like doing low-level bunkers, uh, low-level bounties with just my my Aurora, and um, those Yay. those inventory boxes don't snap to the grid of the uh, of the. They don't snap to the undercarriage 
of the Aurora series ships. Really? You and I would be curious. I haven't had a chance to test it. That was going to be another for science. I was going to blow up. I, I have a, a, like. A, I was. Um, if you blow up like a ship with some inventory and in it, it creates a box, right? Right. I was going to see if you can connect it to the side of an Hall A or something. Um, because it seems that the box is treated differently than a resource box. Interesting. I know the Hall A is like a tube, really. It's not really a box. You're you're putting your one SCU box inside. You're putting four of them, four of them inside of the cargo storage area. Yeah. And it's really a tube on the whole A. Yeah. So anyway, that was my first science. But you're speaking. No, that's cool. Before uh, uh, we go to the next uh, geeky, remind me after you're done uh, talking about the cargo boxes, uh, an interesting upcoming change, I think, that is really, really good that they're putting in. So go ahead. I had one for science, and I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have anything for science, but you do, Seagard. I had one. Um, what the heck was it? Um, I just lost it. I didn't want to forget that point about the uh, – oh, I, it was racing. So, I, you know, I did try the racing, right? We, I had a good time. We raced one day. There were six of us racing. It was a blast. It was super fun. And I, and that one, I had ri- driven the um, the Mustang, the the racing Mustang, right? And uh, I really, really like it. I found it was like um, we raced on multiple tracks, and it was a very versatile ship, right? It's it's in the top two or three fastest. It's top two or three most maneuverable. It's it just does everything pretty good and it's, you know, it's cheaper than the others. So I, I definitely liked it. Um, so then I decided to try some of the other vehicles out. I wanted to see how the 350 R, um, which is the two engine, you know, racing version of the origin series. And, uh, and it was like an American muscle car. I mean, the Mustang, I kind of raced, I kind of felt like it was uh, grand touring racing where, you know, you approached every gate and you decelerated. And as you got into the gate, you accelerated out of it and it brought your nose around so you could point it where you needed it to go. The The 350R is more like a muscle car. If you give it give gas, it the gas at any goes. point, it, it starts shimmering around all on, shimmying around on you. Um, but if you get in a straight line, it's a rocket. Now it's not as fast though. It's it's more like it has really good acceleration. And then I started learning it. You really have to. It's it's all about braking and accelerating, versus the Mustang, which is more about the fat the the fastest average speed you can go around the track. Right. It's a blend. And then the third ship I tried was the Aurora LN. And I thought, uh, you know, and, and again, it's not that fast, but on, it actually did remarkably well. And I found that I really, on the other two, I kind of kept them flat to the ground and I used a lot of yaw um, on the, it was particularly important on the 350R. I really had to keep it flat to the ground um, and slow down a lot on the, on the LN. I found that I had to roll it 90 degrees and pull back on the stick and then snap it, you know, 90 degrees the opposite direction in a hairpin, right? Um, 
and then it did exceptionally well. Um, it actually was faster, um, much faster than I thought. In fact, I ran two or three races with it and was second in, you know, second out of three. But I beat someone every time and I lost to someone every time. But I was pleasantly pleased that, you know, they all flew differently. Um, so if you have a ship out there and you haven't tried racing yet, definitely go down and do some practice with it. Put yourself offline. And, and it, it was fun. It was, it's addicting. Um, but, you know, that that would be my thing is that they're, all the ships do handle somewhat differently. Um, and all the ships seem to be pretty good. So that was my four science. All righty. Um, I don't have a for science as I already uh, declared. Uh, so that brings us to Seaguard's question. This week was your question last week, right? Because I didn't have one. Oh, did I come up with that? You came up with that. Yeah. No, I didn't. But this is the song I wrote. Oh, I did come up with it. You just wrote it. <laughs> So Seaguard asked in my favor, <laughs> or for me, <laughs> on your behalf, of the features coming out in the next 12 months that will be impacting your play style, the, or, or which features coming out in the next 12 months will be impacting your play style the most, excluding the star map. So Lars said, the Q2 engineering gameplay will have the highest impact to me. I have a bunch of bigger ships that will need a friend to keep the ship online while I run from pirates. Canuck, you said cargo lifts. I don't think people realize the impact of the full localization of their inventory. Close second is what Lars said. Depending on the implementation of engineering and repair, large ships are going to be a different experience to fly and crew. Skyguard said hull munching will be interesting. Partially chew up a ship to extract its delicious gooey component bits inside, even though we know it's not going to be that. It's disintegration now. Or uh, structural salvage, we should say. Trader Jeff said, gotta be server and game stability, whether due to server meshing or other initiatives. If I had more confidence that missions would be playable reliably, I might choose different game activities. Lately, I'm skipping FPS missions that I love just because I can't depend on them working for some for instance, Escapeman said, cargo lifts hands down, absolute game changer. Additionally, I'm looking forward to the multi-crew arena commander that will also change how people play because no longer will space battles require preparation. In the PU, you can jump right into arena commander with your friends on your ship. I do love that. I agree. Good test bed for everybody. Uh, Zeem said, engineering will give me something to keep my eye on between trips, making sure my components are in a good condition, and just generally giving me more reason to spend time around the ship's interior. It also will add a bit more multi-crew gameplay, which is always a plus. I very much look forward to it. Lekochi said, or Lekochi, I've always been saying Lekochi, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on engineering gameplay. I was ahead of power dis distribution on a frigate and did basically what they are designing. In short, I'm concerned it won't be fun and engaging. Also, we've moved away from fuses and relays like that in the early 2000s. Why is it? Why is 2953? Why is it 2953 and we're using them? Uh, but hole munching is what I'm looking forward to. Skur said, hard to choose from all the juicy bits that were shown at CitizenCon. 
And while there are various obvious choices that will vastly enhance the game as we know it, I'll go with Space Cows. Yeah. <laughs> Tractor beam one or two back to your ship and enjoy the deep space off-grid life. Milk and meat for weeks. Um, NB. I don't know what NB means. Damn, we need a cooking gameplay loop now. <laughs> Earth said... The ability to drop a personal GPS marker. So many times when out salvaging, I find great mineable rocks. And when out mining, I find salvage. Please help me, CIG. Strikeout Actual said freight elevators. I love the idea of collecting smaller amounts of certain cargo types over time from salvaging, etc. And then being able to make one big run to sell it for maximum profit. Any changes that make space trucking more fun are very welcome in my book. Genly Annoyed said, milking game loop inbound. Oh. And then Skur said, alternatively, pressing two buttons as fast as possible, just like track and field away, way back when. <laughs> uh, and those are all the responses. I would say, for me, I don't know. I think it's going to be freight elevators for the same reasons everyone else said what about you Seagard? What, what what's uh, your thoughts I would you know I'm gonna probably say freight elevators I mean you're a hauler so maybe that yeah even especially but I think yeah. even just the interaction as you said so eloquently in the beginning Canuck like interacting with our cargo and in, in a much more our inventory in a much more meaningful way is it's, definitely it's really another, interesting. It's another reason for me not to leave the station after I've actually gotten to my bed or gotten out of my bed. Then I can take an hour to get my proper suit on for the fashion tip of that week. Then I can walk to my hangar. I have to sort through all the boxes. Just about when I'm going to load the ship, I'll go. Nah, I don't want to fly that ship. I'm going to get off. Can you? I can just picture you now, Seagull, being like, "What am I going to wear today?" And then you just call up all of your, all of your clothes racks, like the Matrix with the guns. Just like and you're like, "What do I select for this journey?" <laughs> the thing is, is you know, like as you're saying, they're again, they have to be careful how it's implemented, that it doesn't become cumbersome and doesn't become something that's just like a pain in the butt. Yeah. We understand that it was, you know, as much as CAG has kind of strayed on certain things, they are nonetheless staying pretty true to the physicalization of cargo, the localization of cargo. Yeah. It's something that nobody should be surprised about and people have to accept. Like this is from day one. They've been saying, you know, since, and, and they've always talked about being prepared and being ready. So when all of a sudden everything you own is now going to be kind of, you know, in one place and your ships are going to be in one place and you're going to have to call them up. And you're going to have like a, you know, does that mean they're going to get a slight revamp to the inventory system? I don't know. I'm curious to see where, excuse me, this is all going to go. Yeah. Any, um, any other thoughts on that Canuck based on, you know, obviously any other ideas that came up while we, whilst we were talking, um, no, I think Earth's the second one. I think 
like I mentioned it earlier on in the, in the episode, I think the, the ability to drop markers is going to be the precursor to some kind of at least meaningful exploration. Yeah. Where you'll be able to drop a marker, potentially share the marker with somebody else. Uh, I remember, I don't know if you noticed a couple of days ago in chat when I dropped, uh, you know, I'd run across two thirty-five thousand ton rocks mm-hmm. in in uh, just outside of, uh, I think it was Mikkel One. Um, they were both over thirty-five thousand. Like you need a mole to crack them, but one of them I think was over seventy percent gold, and the other one was over like sixty-eight percent quantanium. Uh, that's a really high-value rock, and me and my mm-hmm. little prospector. I'm like, well, so I can risk, say, for example, having somebody, I I offered it in chat, you know, somebody, hey, anybody want to group up with me and you can come and port on these if you've got a mole because this this is pay dirt, pay me 100,000 AUEC and you can come in and do it. Mm. Chat was kind of like, yeah, it's just a trap. You just, you know, and then, I don't know, somebody who recognized my name is like, no, this guy's legit. If you really want to do it, he's not going to. But at least in the other way, if you've got a nav marker, you drop the nav marker there, and if you've got org mates that you can bring on, great. The nav marker is there; you'll be able to find it again. Or you sell the nav marker to somebody and you say, "Here, come and get it." So I think mm. I think the nav markers is a nice start. Yeah, it, it'll be a great start, especially even if we could just return to our own stuff. Hopefully, they'll persist amongst game sessions or, or between game sessions, I should say. I'm I'm interested. You know, no one mentioned AI. That's because um, the AI in the game's not very good. Yeah, right now it's not. <laughs> I don't think it has the potential. I mean, I, you know, the interaction of you know competitors that are AI and you know pirates that are AI and all those things being much more fluid. I think will be something that will change all our gameplay. Right, more competition yeah. for for the same number of resources and. Uh, you know, well, that's going to be I, a tricky one to 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 to, um, to script, to to to, to code, because obviously the AI has first dibs on everything because it knows exactly what's going on. So, right. you know, you don't want to be if if it's you versus AI on finding something and the AI is not coded properly, you're going to lose every time. Yep. Mm. Yeah. It's just like when they're talking about their addresses during like Xenothreat and stuff, they purposely make the AI in, in those ships bad for the nights where the, where the AI is working decently because the AI, if it wanted to, it would just alpha everybody and you, would, you wouldn't get close to the address. It would just, just melt everybody one at a time. They purposely make them not right. particularly good. So this is kind of apart from the AI that just is derpy and doesn't work very well. Yeah. Versus they ha- they can't script AI as good as it can be because then you would you would have zero chance. Right. For me, it's it's the behavior, not the um, right. It's the behavior. Even to have you know um, AI sitting in your turrets that you know you command the fire and you know they suck, but at least your all your turrets are firing, right? I mean, yeah. Some uh, people like that. They'll steal it. They'll steal a black or something, or they'll steal yeah. a ship, and then the keep the AI is in there, so they're your yeah, AI. Right. And people like flying around, and they don't hit anything, but it's just fun to see all the guns firing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, ready for the question of the week? Yes, thank you. All righty. So, here's the, the new one. 
at everyone. Uh, oh, so in regards to balancing. <laughs> at everyone. <laughs> at everyone. Yeah. He's speaking in Discord language yes, now. Yes, I am. Yeah. In regard to balancing, um, <laughs> one, do you feel all careers should produce similar profit given similar skill, effort, and time expended? Two, do you feel that profit should scale with higher levels of ship and equipment? Great question. There you go. Very similar to what Canuck yep. and you were talking about. Yeah. So, very good. Um, we did not get any questions this week. I so, have questions for you, though. Okay. I don't Shoot. have four of them, but I do uh, have a question. Oh, my God. You don't have four? What well, I can, I can I can do four if you I like, mean, but I mean, we're, 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 we're going to be over two if we don't. Uh, it doesn't but matter listen, either way. So, here's the question. Now that there is no munching, and now it's ship salvage. Yeah. Okay. Where does scrap come from? Does scrap essentially become an artificial commodity? That because because the your ship salvage is being transformed into I forget what they call it now. Pardon my mechanical. Uh, What's it called? Me- mechanical compound? I forget what it is. No, it's, uh, I know it, it's, um, oh, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, me too. It's a little cheaper than the hull. Too. Yes. Mechanical parts? No, it's construction it's, material. Yeah, m- construction material. Something is. like that. Construction material. So the thing is, is because you would kind of say, all right, because it's reduced to this compound now that we are vibrating it down to nothing. Yeah. What happens to scrap? To scrap, do they try to fandangle some kind of, do you think CIG is going to try to fandangle some kind of thing where we still can simply pick up scrap and sell it? Or does scrap become strictly a mission-based commodity that people just kind of Hall for contracts. That's the question. What do you think, Sigurd? Oh, best happened to me. Um, I think that there's still reasons for there to be scrap out there, right? There's scrap from buildings. There's scrap from um, parts and things that you use on planets. There's, you know, ships that have been landed and stripped for parts, but not, you know, um, they haven't been done in space. Um, so I think you'll still have scrapyards, um, but I think there's probably it's logical that if you have um, scrap of any type, it could be converted to this paste in some kind of ground, you know, this construction material in some kind of ground facility. That so I was going to say I feel like they should make scrap something that's refinable into construction yes. material. You just do it at a scrapyard. And I almost feel like maybe they should make whatever we salvage turn into scrap that we refine into so construction that material. Could potentially be the next step. It might. They did right. say at one point they'll add the I, I I can't quote the specific moment, but at one point they did say refining won't be just um, for mineables and could be for salvaged items. So I think I think maybe the the other advantage that they can build into the um, reclaimer versus the vulture is maybe the vulture produces scrap that you can refine into construction material and the reclaimer has an onboard refinery 
to turn scrap into construction material. All right. So you do think that it will be a player creatable, I guess? One would think. Because we were kind of thinking, like I was thinking munching when you would get the claw and you would just rip into the hull of something and pull it into the mulcher, into the muncher, or in component size, it would become scrap. Yeah. Yeah. But then they decided to go with the disintegration road. Right. Yeah. So I was just kind of wondering, can we still produce scrap? Probably. I would imagine so. I think they'll figure they'll figure it out. I don't think I, I think we're barely scratching the surface of salvage still. All right. I, I have my I have my second question now. All right, go ahead. If you've paid attention to the pipeline, there are rumors or leaks of mm-hmm. a new Drake cutter version mm-hmm. called the the cutter rambler. Mm-hmm. Is the cutter rambler? a must-have ship for anybody who knows and loves the movie Spaceballs. <laughs> I would <laughs> because say. if you look at the model of the Drake Cutter Rambler and then you find so friends who are listening, if you're not familiar with it because you might be a little younger than me, Eagle 5 is the ship that uh, the, our protagonists in, in the film Spaceballs fly. And if you look at it, it was clearly inspired by that. And simply because it looks like that ship, I believe it is a must have ship. I mean, the cutter looks like the Eagle 5 in general, but the Rambler looks even more like it. But is it a must have now? That's the question. Is it a must have? Is it, is it, this has to be in my fleet for no other purpose than not for me? Not for me until it has wood panel sides and surfboards strapped to the top of it. Ain't getting it. Um, well, the Rambler sounds like the most akin to an exploration ship, so I might want to pick it up in game. And I also have cutter paints, so you know, might as well get one of them. Rambler would probably be the one I'd want. Do they have space herpes on that thing? I don't know. That was the Mustang Beta. (laughs) Maybe that's from Ice Pirates, which is a funny movie. That's another funny movie. Oh, goodness. Any other questions, Canuck? Uh, No, no. I I do think, though, that the hair... I'm just going through 322 here. I, I, I'm I'm wondering. The hair looks so great. I wonder if it's going to affect server performance. I think they made it very performative. Like it sounds silly, but if you're if I'm I'm actually looking at this saying, "Wow!" I, when I make my next character, I think he's going to have a flow. Yeah, I think I think that was the whole talk, right? Like they designed it to be performative, but look as real as possible. Yeah, through some creative trickery. That's good. I'm going for the bald look. Oh no! If you if there's one thing that you can't go with the bald look if you're in a video game, you have to go. Yeah, I just wish they put the beards in, but the beards still don't look quite right anyway, no. so it doesn't matter to me. Is there a game out there? This is not a question. Question: Is there a game out there where the beards actually look good? Yeah, I think so. I I Skyrim, Skyrim was yeah. all right, right? Did they? 
Like, yeah, and even, tight, it didn't even like Gods of War. Like, uh, granted, yeah, it's a first player. Like, yeah, that's an F. That's, no, that doesn't count. Single player. Oh, games. is there an MMO? Yeah. No, but if anyone's going to do it right, Star Citizen will. There you go. Get the art team on It'll that. be in t- 12 years. <laughs> no, we can't be negative. No, no, no. 12 no, years no. of beard. <laughs> well, it wow, takes a sounds, while to grow a good one. That sounds like a really different kind of movie than what I was originally thinking. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Again, we have to get 12 years of beard. 12 years in Tibet. Um, the uh, We have to be careful, though, because Chris might kind of decide with the toilet mechanic that if you don't shave, you, your your character progressively grows a beard. That's right. <laughs> I mean... Why and not? there are so many people that would enjoy that. Yeah. There are so many people that would totally be like, yes. And then you have to go to a hairstylist to get it cropped to the right way you want it. Oh, and then you could have like your mobile hair cutter. Oh, my God. As a profession. In a cutter. <laughs> In a cutter. That's right. A and cutting used, cut. <laughs> what, color, what color would the beam be, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably blue. <laughs> I get that. Or silver, silver beam, silver beam. Sil, yes, it's it's Christmas, Luminalia time. <laughs> silver beam, and happy Hanukkah to all. Hey, our... I have a question though, for real. Oh yeah, have you guys been? Have you been? Uh, I know Sigurd is something. I never had a chance to play with it too much. As have you guys had any chance to try out the the large tractor beam? I have. I not. haven't. Have you Sigurd? I have not, no. No, eh? Yeah. Because I know that you kind of, again, I was kind of playing with downing bounties and then following them down to the surface and then, you know, picking up things and trying different stuff. And um, it kind of got me thinking, geez, I wonder what I could do with, what is the advantage of having the bigger one? Currently, I don't know if it's a real. For the large boxes. Yeah, it's a weight limitation. It's how much mass you can move. It's it's essentially for pirates robbing a C two. Well, there. Sorry, there's the point that I wanted to. You you brought me back to the initial point. I said, remind me when we're done. Oh, uh, yeah. In three two two, uh, really, really, I think is a nice touch. Is the ability in the reclaimer to not produce just one SCU box. Yeah. Yep. That's that's huge. I guess without being too much on the nose. The that ability puts to... one person in the cargo hold for oh, sure. Oh man, the, I mean. That is just fantastic. Instead That's of two. just such a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It's such a good quality of life improvement. Yeah. Uh, so hats off to CIG for that one. Way to go, guys. That was a good call. Now, if they can make that lower salvage hold have a cargo grid, that would be good. So you could snap to it. Yeah, or have something that could carry the heavier boxes into the main cargo hold. Mm. But... Regardless, it's still a great improvement. Yeah, I'll I'll give full props and again they're going to play with it, but the ability to have the buffer in the vulture, yep, again to kind of mitigate the up and down in the chair. I yep. had a vulture for a while because you know I like I have a little bit of store credit from, like I said, I bought the game for my brother and he says no, I don't want it. So I had so I tisk, can tisk Canucks brother. I can well I can upgrade and downgrade a little bit, so I do play with it and I I enjoyed the, the vulture, but. I didn't mind getting up out of the chair for the two boxes at a time. I didn't think it was that much of a chore, but I can see how some people really didn't like it. And the little adjustments, like, you know, it doesn't take, what is it, like 16 SEU to create, like, a multi-tool? Yeah. 
So that's yeah, it doesn't a take a full like box. That. Yeah, yeah, or like almost a full box. Yeah, but it's a good adjustment for sure. Especially, I mean, it will make being a vulture owner a lot more enjoyable. And I think they had to do it, especially with the structural salvage. Yeah, and those are the nice little quality of life stuff that you don't get as much. Like that's the stuff where you got to read the patch notes. Yeah. And I understand not everybody reads past notes. Um, but that's little things like that. It's just, like, oh, you know, we did listen. Like the Arena Commander stuff. I don't know if you read the the new iteration. I did just today. There's some interesting changes going on there. And then they said, you know, based on what we saw, based on what you did. we like the Master the, Mode tests, right? Yeah, we like the engagement level on the Master Modes, but we do feel that it becomes like a DPS race at this point. Yeah. So they're going to have to play with it some more. Yeah. I personally, aesthetically, I'm not a big fan of. Um, I would scale down all the guns. Like I understand that, like you know, they kind of don't want to go with the your size three hard point. If you put a gimbal on it, you got to go to a size two gun. They're no, they changed that, that. Yeah, that's what yeah. they had. And they said that there's no impact to it. There's no impact because everybody's still on the same. You just yeah. have to tweak everything. There is an impact in my mind though, and it's really ridiculously large looking guns on the front of ships or yeah i i don't like that if if you want to call it a size three go ahead but everything should be scaled down a notch and just go with you know make your size one size zeros you know where i notice it the most is actually the the avenger oh yeah the vanguards yeah Yeah. you do notice on the vanguard too yeah same thing on the uh 300 series you get those guns on the front that stick out way in front yeah yeah. Any smaller sure. ship, some of those yeah. guns look kind of silly. Yeah. yeah so I'd like to see that tweaked a bit. Me too. And especially the thing holding the gun on always looks like it's flimsy. Like it looks like the gun should be easily blown off. Yeah. Right. It looks like you, it looks like some kind of, like, and I understand, I get it to a point, but I do think that I don't think the amount of work required. You know, like you say, well, a size zero gun is whatever. Well, just, okay, fine, and call it a, a vehicle weapon instead. So you have, mm. like, a, a size V gun, and it's a vehicle weapon that's smaller. It just, I think, aesthetically, I think it, some of the guns just look too big on some of the ships. Because mm. when you're slapping a big size three on, or a size four, onto the front of an Avenger. Uh, Especially some of those laser cannons. The, yeah, like the M5 is a big gun, man. And so I would just, you know, and like you said, that's even got the integrated mount into it. Like at least on the 300, mm. 325, it's kind of integrated. But on the other ones where you've got like the big drop down system and everything. Yeah. So if they're going to go with that, I'd like to see, this is just my pipe dream kind of thing. I'd like to see everything scaled back down one. It's not hard okay. to say, okay, the size two guns do size three damage now. That's all. <laughs> it's not right. like you're reinventing the wheel, right? Okay. You know, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, uh, but I'm going to ask it as a question to you guys: the uh, changes to the subscriber. Uh, oh, so we didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Have you are you guys familiar with the changes? I'm not. Because I'm okay, no longer so, a subscriber. So there, yeah. There's you know, there's two levels. There's always been two levels, and the primary difference between the two is that. If you did the monthly, or if you, I'm sorry, if you did the Centurion, the lower level, it was ten bucks, and 
you basically got some extra stuff every month, right? You would get like a uniform or a, let's yeah, say one a helmet, flare item. One flare item. Yeah. Um, and then there was the next level up, which is the um, Imperator, Imperator, which is twice as much money. And you generally got two items. Um, you also got like a, a different discount than the, um, you got a coupon discount. You can use, I think, once per year. Um, 10%, I think, was on the Centurion. Uh, yeah, this, time, this time of year. Yeah, 20% on the other one. Um, and then there was the Rex stipend, you know, stipend. You can rent things in the arena. You know, it's it's been, you know, it's been different between the two. But you get more than you can use, basically. Mm. Yeah, I have millions. So <laughs> the biggest thing here, and I've been doing this for several years now, the biggest thing which was very interesting was in the um, in the vehicle of the month, you know, you've always been able to test drive the vehicle of the month, but now they're offering um, two vehicles of the month for the Imperator level, and only one still for the Centurion. And then, if you buy the if a Centurion player buys a ship of that type in that month, they get a twelve month insurance. That's new. Normally, it would be the six-month or whatever was standard in the store. And now the Imperator can get a 24-month insurance package with the same ship. So um, the next thing, and I think the next biggest thing, is the now the Imperator gets the test flight for new ships and ground vehicles. They get two weeks of playing that for free. Um which I don't think that was standardized for either of them before, even though I yeah. think we occasionally got it. But yeah. those are the big differences. Um, so thoughts. I'm a centurion. I don't really care. I don't care. I I do it because I like the flare and I yeah. only get one piece of flare. I don't want to spend twenty dollars a month. And yeah, me too. You know, sometimes I'm disappointed with it, sometimes I think it's cool. Um it's also just you know, trying to be supportive or whatever. It also yep. does add to your um, total pay, you yep. know, on your concierge or whatever. Yeah, it does. It Though does. it will take me many years. Yeah, it's contributed <laughs> on just that. Uh, <laughs> on just that. But um, I thought the other thing too, that they said is that, you know, even though subscriber flare, you know, subscriber flare is guaranteed to, to stay in your hangar or whatever. And, you know, once they have cargo, freight elevators in they're going to put a function in for you to reclaim your missing items but um everything that they offer to subscribers is being added to the loot tables and so some people are really upset about that yeah uh chris said from day one that anything you can get outside a game is something you can find in game. yeah i mean i agree what i don't care what anybody says i personally like I get that people will buy ahead and have subscriber items and it's all kind of part. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent. I want to see how they're going to implement that. Cause just the ability to get free, you know, if you've got like seven years of subscriber armor and guns and all of a sudden you just, you know, you get killed or you lose them, give them to your friends. The economy needs ways to get money out of the economy in game. Oh, I'm sure there'll be an insurance to it. And, you yeah. have to pay for that stuff. You just can't yeah. have an infinite supply of guns and armor. 
Yeah, but just you just won't have to reload it. I think is the is the fair main enough. Thing. But I want to yeah. see how they're going to implement that. Yeah, because yeah. they can get it really wrong. Yeah, if they right. do it wrong. Yeah, the the other thing about these, you know, they're the subscribers. The money is, you know, it has been, and is I'm assuming it still is, has been dedicated to the videos and extra content like the um, Jump Point magazine. You know, your two shows weekly with Jared, all of that stuff is paid for by this. It doesn't go back into the salaries of the developers and all that. Mm. So um, that was the other, you know, the other stipulation around these accounts early on. Yeah. So it, it is important. Um, but yeah, every, and it's always been from the beginning. And I, I agree with it. That anything you get should be purchasable or available in the game. And he's Agreed. always said that, and I agree with it. Um, now, it's funny that I would hope that they don't go directly to the loot, but I, I already know that they do because I actually had gotten one of the new um, cold weather helmets. Mm. The, oh, like one of the, the new platinum. Nabokov ones there? Yeah, uh, I got one of the platinum ones before they released that special yeah, package. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, I know that they're they're out there immediately. But it does take time to get them, but that's okay. I just thought it was a, I think it's a cool differentiation to, I think it was a nice change to add 24 months insurance on something that would normally only be six. Mm. I guess that's all right. Yeah, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Whatsoever. First of all, I never buy the ship of the month. I haven't either. I only purchase ships during sales and I, it's always an upgrade from my existing game package or when it's LTI. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter to me. Um, okay. Well, any closing thoughts from anyone Canuck? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh 322. There's a couple of things in there that are interesting. Some of the new derelict areas and I might muck about oh, in yeah. arena commander because there's a couple of new modes in arena commander that there's the, yep. there's the, what seems to be inspired by theaters of war kind of air and ground mission that is supposed to get in there, I think. So kind of like probably so they can do a little bit more testing because Siege of Orion or Orison's, pardon me, doesn't work very well. They should put that in the Marina Commander. I think it I think it would work better in yeah. Arena Commander. And then you can fudge it. You can put a spawn point, right? I don't mm-hmm. understand why they don't have a spawn point right at the beginning anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, But anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, I think Siege of Orion would work really nicely in Arena Commander. Because then you can really squat up right away and do it yeah. methodically. And just pr- practice it, you know? Yep. Uh, what about you, Seagard? Um Definitely going to do some more of the racing practice. I really had a good time, and I probably will do some of the weapon stuff. Um, you know, and I think if we get some of this, you know, three point two two, I think uh, we've we've had a few guys on, you know, quite a few on lately, right on a regular basis. I think we're going to set up a some kind of mission to do something, you know, mine, mm. salvage something. I mean, I definitely want to crew up a reclaimer. That would be yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, and I don't care if I'm tractor beam guy claw guy right um scraper guy regardless it'd be fun just to see and do because get especially now with the internal storage and some of those changes i feel like in the wake of disaster you can clean that whole puppy out with one reclaimer yeah i'll think about uh, think about this one my last thought for the night 
Think about having your reclaimers in one place and using your SRVs to track your beam and drag ships to your location. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what? It makes me think of something. There is, I know we don't promote necessarily. We've got our friends of the show, as you like to say. Oh, by the way, Earth has a, a video out for Star yep. Citizen. I saw you posted that. Yeah, I did. I think he deserves it. it. He, he does some great videos. and I love her. And the production value is really high and, and they're well thought out. So yeah. I think he deserves every single view he gets. Yeah. Um, but He was just there, back on for the first time in quite a while. Oh, I seen so, him. I see. He. I. I knew he was making videos because yeah. he was back on. But um, there's a guy out there on YouTube and uh, Ray's Guide. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I love Ray. That's a good guy. job. Um, he's really. I mean, he does have some people don't like everything he says, and that's fair because not everybody likes everything. But I do find he 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 arrives with an interesting perspective with his own personal uh, experience. And that was something that he was mentioning is essentially, I think it's a chop shop video he did where you can essentially for all intents and purposes, start hauling wrecks out and then, you know, salvaging guns and storing them and and then selling them. And so it's something that he's looking at uh, interesting enough. And so I would, I would encourage people to go check out. uh, He's not a friend of the show, but um, he might be. Maybe we'll invite him over. Who knows? I mean, yeah. we don't care promoting other people. Yeah, at it's all, all good know. for the game. So yeah, yeah. And so I, think, I, would... uh, I, I like Ray. I think you're right on with Ray. Yep. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about. That. I think next week, uh, or if we do the next one, a Galag wants the one of the you know the leads of Galag wants to get on. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah. Either next week or. Or after uh, the holidays, one or the Your other. availability. Uh, I'm, I should be around at some point next week. Let me, uh, let's, uh, can you connect with the Galag person and see when they're available? Yeah, Lustroth. I'm, I'm working with Lustroth. All right, because I can plan around that. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Good. Well, uh, if you have any questions, you can always submit them by emailing us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at CitizenCastSC. Yeah, they refuse to call it X. I know I say it all the time. Uh, you s- could submit a message through our Spotify landing page. Or, of course, the best place to see when we've uploaded an episode late and we're apologizing for it is on our CitizenCast Discord. Um, all of those links are found in the show notes. And, of course, if you're looking for a crew, an org, or simply people to play around with between solo sessions take a look at Parley House. It's a neutral zone for players of all types to hang out and enjoy the best space SimTheVerse has to offer. Um, and as as we already discussed via friends of the show, um, don't forget to watch Earth's brand new video about returning to Star Citizen two years um, after his last gap. We've got Snorkel and Undead Parrots videos on YouTube. There's the music of Admiral Cody and Calibri, most of which you can hear in this episode, but they have a whole album inspired by Star Citizen. You can also take a look at Star Jump's Fleet Viewer, as well as Friends of the Show, Grim and VMZO, as they are on Twitch and reposted to YouTube. Um, usually talking about fleet builds and, and some in-game content, really cool stuff. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
And look at that. We still managed to do two hours. That was <laughs> good. Go. Yeah. Well, I just look at it as terms of two hours is perfect. So obviously people won't hear this till the end of their episode. Yeah. But it, it lets people have four half hour commutes in their car. Yeah. Yeah. Two or two hour commutes plus yeah. a little extra. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see how much feedback we get on the discussion at the beginning. That'll be interesting. So I'm gonna. I got a couple of questions I can line up for you there next week. Yeah. Especially if you think you're gonna get the Galogs guys on. Yeah, I got some stuff for you. I got a chest logging out of the ship. I haven't done that lately, and it I'm works. Interested. I've been having reasonable success with it. You have okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had an issue with it in years. <laughs> well, no, well, I, I, I have yeah. had. If I'm not near a space station or something, I do have some problems. No. Oh. In the past, I mean. I had to be on a station or on the ground at a landing pad. The music's fading out, so thus our voices have to fade out as well. Yes. Yes, they do. No. No. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have it as in. Paul. <laughs>